the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, episode 118. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Unruffled listeners. We just wanted to let you guys know a couple of things at the top of the show. You can go to my website, www.theunruffled.com, and scroll down to the bottom of the page to sign up for a free guide. Yes, you heard me, free guide. And it is called 10 Ways to Expand Your Recovery Through Creativity. Uh, I'd love to send it to you. It's all my best work. And I'm going to let Tammy take it from here. Yeah. And um, if you guys want to go to my website, TammySolace.com, I'm offering the Proof of Life Project in July and August this year. You can sign up there. There's links to tell you all about the programs. And I also just released a new book called um, Proof of Life, and it's a 60-page illustrated gratitude journal. I've done all the work for you with watercolors, and you can put your lists on top. And that's $20 in my store. All right. You guys enjoy the show. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Sandra. Thank you for agreeing to co-host the show with me. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored. I have some big shoes to feel, but I am ready. <laughs> and I didn't mean feel. I meant Phil. <laughs> feel. <laughs> that would be, yeah, Tammy. Um, I don't know how about how you feel about your feet being filled, filled but... <laughs> filled, filled with my sweet friend, Tammy Salas, but I am honored beyond belief. And so when I got your email that day, I read like the first two lines. I'm like, yep, I'm in. Let's do awesome. it. I, mean, I have to think about it. Yeah. Well, you are the first person I thought of because this is our, I was thinking about it this morning. This is the fourth show that you and I have recorded together. You have been on our show and I'm sorry, I should have our episode number pulled up, but I don't. Um, but for our listeners, Lori has been on our show before. Uh, and I've been on your show twice. Yes. So it is our fourth show. Mm-hmm. So and the last before. one we just recorded not too long ago, so it feels so fresh. I know, I know, but I just love it's fun. To no, you. thank you so much. Thank you, really. I uh, I just love you girls so much, and I love your podcast and everything that you're doing. And yeah, Tammy. I mean, you know, I'm like trying to channel my inner Tammy Salas. Like, you know, you guys well, are just so cool and mellow. And well, she's a pro. She's a total pro. I mean, you are I too. Just, I just like, I, sometimes I feel like I'm tagging along for the ride, but um, I know. <laughs> oh my we goodness. All have our, we all have our things that we're good at, right? Yeah. No, you're both, you're both excellent. And I wrote down talk slow because I talk super fast. So I've had to write that in front of me, Sandra. So I feel like you guys just talk like so slow, but I get so excited and fired up. Like I just like, <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I talk slow because I have this sort of processing thing where, uh, my brain moves quickly, but then 
I can't speak the words. So I have trained myself to talk slower because so that I can say exactly what I'm thinking, uh, if that makes sense. It does. It is a training. You would have to do that. I, I need to do that. Um, but, you know, there's an argument that I could speed it up a little bit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just want you guys to wait with bated breath to hear what I have to say. She's anyway. thinking. She's thinking. Mm-hmm. Give mm-hmm. her a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Um, so for our, I don't know, 10 listeners that don't know who you are, Lori Massicott, can you fill us in on who you are, what you do? Um, because by the end of this podcast, you know, I want you to share all the awesome things you're working on and all the offerings you have. So go, I'm going to let you go. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Um, let's see. It all started in 1967 and, um, yeah. You want the whole story? No, I am uh, 51 years old. I'm very proud of that. I have a podcast called 250 and Beyond, which was my anonymous Instagram account for a really long time. I didn't want to put my name on it, so I created an Instagram called 250 and Beyond. Uh, in let's see, April of 2015, that's uh, when I got on social media. And I realized that there's this community of people talking about sobriety. I had quit drinking on August 11th of 2013, and I was by myself for two years. I didn't know anything about social media, and I thought, well, this is really cool. And so I started sharing my story. I started getting out there into the world because I am very introverted, um, and I just really changed my life within the last, gosh, four years working on myself. Now I coach other women. My, my specialty is women in the middle of life. And a lot of it has to do with quitting drinking and, and staying that way and really just building a healthy lifestyle and alternatives to numbing out and doing those behaviors and habits that we've done for so long. I drank for 30 years, so I know how that is. And so I enjoy working with women one-on-one. I love doing my little group programs that I do. And let's see, I have another podcast with my partner, Courtney Anderson of Real Aligned Women. And we have a wonderful community of women working on their sober lifestyle together called Raw. And let's see, I am the co-founder of National Sober Day, and we are getting ready to kick off the very first one, September 14th of this year. And we are super excited for that. That is so exciting. I wish I could go. Maybe I, I know. It's in Southern California. Details oh. are coming out soon. But okay. yeah, it's for everybody. It's just that awareness. I saw something yesterday with a calendar that had July was like four drinking days, like tequila day, pina colada day. And I mm-hmm. thought, hells yes. I cannot believe that National Sober Day wasn't on there, but we scooped it up at the beginning of the year. And we thought, let's put this out there to bring awareness to this because this movement that's happening is incredible. So that is so cool. And Lori, you really, you walk your talk, which is so inspiring. And I think that makes you, I mean, I, I would say that you, I'm going to make a, make an assumption here that you have what a lot of women want. Um, you are bright and bubbly, you're health conscious, you look great, you appearingly have your shit together. Um, 
<laughs> but you just, you just really, you don't take yourself too seriously. You obviously enjoy your life. And you enjoy the simplicities of life even. It's not like you live extravagantly. And um, I think that makes you a really good, solid coach. That makes you really good at what you do. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. I'm getting like tears in my eyes. That's so Mm -hmm. sweet of you to say. Thank you. Well, you're right about all of those things, except for all of my uh, Louis Vuitton shoes that I have. I didn't even say that right. Louis Vuitton shoes that I have in my closet. Do you have Louis Vuitton shoes? But I bet you buy them off of eBay, right? (laughs) No, I do not. But I thought that was funny. You're right because, well, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, what we were just talking about before we hit record with the downsizing, but I realized that I have like my three favorite pairs of Converse and those are my most favorite shoes. Right. Yeah. I don't live an extravagant life. I'm really happy. And you know, the reason that, and I do thank you so much for saying that you nailed it because I'm like, yeah, that's all of that. I was so, I took myself seriously for so long. I thought I had to be perfect. I thought I had to be super outgoing. That's why I drank. Uh, Well, one of the reasons why I drank and I put so much, can I say the F word? Oh yeah. Fucking pressure on myself that um, now it's just like, and, and a lot of it has to do with going through perimenopause, going to the other side, post-menopause, going through all of that and aging. I feel like I'm just living my life. I can't edit myself. I, I, I don't take myself too seriously. I love to laugh and I love to bring that out in other women because there's so much sadness mm-hmm. at this time of life. There really is. Right, right. And like, what, what do you see? Because I, I, I will tell you briefly what I see from women um, our age that are sad. I see that they have regrets, right? That they um, have, have things uh, that they feel like they have not accomplished or boats that they've missed, ships that have sailed. And they have regret over that. Is that what you see? Regret, shame, a lot of shame, mm-hmm. a lot of shame. That's why I feel like, um, you know, for you, Sandra, too, you're out there, you're, you're talking about your story. You're sharing it on this podcast. You're sharing your life. And that is just like, um, women can't imagine doing something like that. Mm, right. Women are hiding their journals. They don't want anybody to find them in their house. They don't want a journal because, you know, it's like that extent. There's shame. And then, yeah, we get to the end of our lives. And even now in the middle of life, like I, I have many regrets that I'm trying to make up for now, but you don't, we don't want to get to the end of our lives and, and have all of these regrets. But yeah, it's never too late. No, no. I mean, uh, you know, there are, I say this all the time. There are some ships that have sailed for me. I, I can, I can grasp that concept. Like I will probably never get a part in Hamilton, the musical, like I'll never, that will never happen for me. <laughs> and that's okay. That's all right. But, um, but there's a lot of things that are available, right? And especially if you give up the things that are holding you back, like alcohol, mm-hmm. things that constrict your freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to do that one woman show. I 
am, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I was watching, I think, one of your Instagram stories where you were like waiting to go on your um, improv. Like, are uh -huh. you like backstage waiting? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like shit. That, I just felt nervous just watching you do that. But then I thought, God, I would love to do that too. But I can totally picture you. I would come to that show and be in the front oh, row. Oh, honestly. I, you know, I have not even had the guts enough yet to share publicly when I have a show coming up because I'm like, yeah, I don't want anybody I know in the audience. Although my husband has come to support, but, uh, I'm getting there. So I'm, you do a show by yourself or is it? No, no, this yeah. is, mm -mm, no, I'm, I'm not even close to being there yet, but no, this is a show with a, gr with a troop, you know, it's, it's really with our class. So we're all there to, we all have each other's backs. That's the, the beautiful part of improv is that, um, unless you d choose to do a one person show, you're never alone. There's always somebody that's going to come out and support you. So if you're flailing, if you're, if you're, if you're sink, if you're sinking, <laughs> somebody is going to come out and save you. Do you get nervous? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small theater. Um, but I'm, which, you know, I, I mean, arguably that could, it's even more intimate. Um, there's not a whole lot of space between the stage and the audience. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I get totally nervous, but I do this thing where I kind of like, it's almost like I, my eyes cloud over a bit and I only see what's right in front of me. I don't see the audience at all. Um, and I remember experiencing that the very first time I ever got on a stage, which was my freshman year of college, I took an acting class and I, and the same thing, my eyes sort of like clouded over to, you know, the, 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 the auditorium and the, the, and the people that were sitting in those seats. And I only could focus. I could only see what was about, I don't know, two feet in front of me. It's weird. Wow. That seems like I would maybe pass out. I think that <laughs> I can, I can feel that. Cause I used to get when it, whenever we, I was in school, like just say oral report and I would be like, I'm going to faint. I'm going <laughs> to die. And so the, the eyes clouding over, I feel like I would be on the verge of really just painting. That's, not, <laughs> that's a good technique. If you don't feel like that and you can go on. Right. But you do a podcast, right? But it's different. Yeah. It's different. You're, you're just in your pajamas and you're, <laughs> No one can see your crazy hair or you, you know, smell your unbrushed teeth or whatever, you know, I know, I know it is different. And then layer on top of that, the fact that, you know, uh, things are sagging a little bit and I am not so caught up in my appearance, but I'm also not completely numb to it either. Uh, I wish I was actualized beyond being concerned about how I look, but you know, I, uh, I'm sorry about my neck, like Nora Ephron famously oh, wrote God. and, uh, you know, things like that. So I'm a little aware of that as well. Like I sometimes I, I, I try not to let myself go there, but I think sometimes like is anyone thinking what's the old lady doing up on the improv stage? But I don't think that when I watch 
other women do improv that are my age or older. So, you know, that's no, and it, it, that's some totally kind of bullshit story. I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm rehearsing in my head. That's not true. Definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's normal though. Yeah. It totally is. And you know, there's neck tape out there that you can get. Neck tape. Oh yeah. I got some on Amazon. How, how is it working? Oh, I don't use it that much. I, I have used, I forget what I used it for something that I did and I just put it on. It didn't work for me, but you, there's a video you can watch. <laughs> it was like you scoop up because what I do now, I feel like, because I know I drank for 30 years. I went up and down in my weight, like major weight, like 75 pounds down, you know, it was like that right, kind of right. difference. And I burned the hell out of myself. You know, I was like sure. out there with my tan friends who were wearing the bandolet, oh. the oil, and that was me. And I have very fair skin. So I see why, you know, I've accepted that. Yeah. I sit and I pinch back like all of my skin. This is what I do lately. And not lately, I've been doing it a while. And I think, God, if they could just like cut off like, <laughs> like maybe an inch. Of skin. You, well, you know they can though. That's the yeah, thing. I know. You can I know. get your. You can have your neck done. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really. I'm kind of neutral about that. Uh, I if women that do it, I'm. I say good on you. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not out of the picture for me. Me either. Who knows? Maybe I will wake up and decide. You know what? This shit's coming off. <laughs> Oh yeah, I would. The be fact all that we have it. choices, right? Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. fact that we have options. If there's something that we don't like on our bodies, I guess we can just get it, get it lobbed off. But then there's the the part of me that you know is sort of like the feminist, I guess, and um, that says, you know what? If you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like I'm embracing it more, but you know, with that neck lift surgery, I would just be so scared, but I would totally do it. But when you pinch that skin back, this tape goes around it and it does work. Um, but it just looked the way I did. It was very weird. I think they're like $12, but the lady who does it, I mean, she put, she puts it on and it's like, wow, she's she looks like 20 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> then to get it off and don't get your hair in it. Cause good Lord, <laughs> like when I took it off, I thought my skin was coming off with it. It was super strong. It's that strong, but I mean, you know, just throwing it out there. If anybody wants to check it out, <laughs> I'll try anything. Options, anything. right? We yeah. have options. I mean, that's, that's wow. You know, welcome to 2019. Who, who really? would know? We have options. Well, you know, you know that these Hollywood stars that haven't had any work done, they're getting help like that. I mean, there's all kinds of tape. Right, right, right. There's little tricks mm -hmm. and it tricks to in the trade, mm -hmm. you know, that your makeup artist would apply and stuff like that to sort of trick the viewer into thinking that <laughs> there's <laughs> not something sagging there or that your dress is magically uh, just grazing your, your areolas, right? <laughs> And it just doesn't slip. It doesn't slip either way. <laughs> There's this new thing I'm seeing on Facebook. So I ordered 
this eyelid tape. I don't know. You're in my 250 and beyond group. I tried putting it on one day because my one eye is very droopy. Let's just, we're talking about this. So now I get all of these weird things on my Facebook feed because I actually ordered it off of Facebook. Right. So but now there's, you're in the algorithm. Of- yeah. It's like everything now. This lady's old and she needs help, right? So it's coming <laughs> at me. And I'm also an impulse purchaser sometimes when I see stuff like that. But there's these things that you put on your brass now. And I mean, I'm sure that they have them all the time, but they're like suction cups and they totally lift. Ah, And I was watching this, I think it was just yesterday. And it's like, they slap these things across, like they throw them across the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Things like the rubber and the hold, the suction on them. I'm like, Damn, my boobs aren't even that big, but they're, you know, they could use some support like that. It's like if for for a big breasted gal, I think it would be great. Oh yeah. I yeah. It's <laughs> the funniest presentation. Like slap them, throw them across the room and they like slap and stick on something. And then they're like picking up furniture with them. I mean, it's just incredible the stuff you see on Facebook. That uh is a little yeah you're right Uh, almost disturbing though like i wonder if you're doing yourself a disservice when you pull those things off then you're just sort of you know pulling the skin even even more than oh i would think so yeah my my boobs are very they're very fragile they don't need any kind of suction like that i could use a new bra that's one thing i'm in the market for yeah right well i have to say since we're going there uh you know, I have always been a small breasted girl mm-hmm. and I would occasionally lament over that fact when I was younger in my twenties, you know, if I just had bigger boobs, I could fill this top out, you know, like, like bathing suit tops, especially would never fit me. Like I would always have to get just like the triangle tops. Um, you know, bless the person that came up with the separate tops and bottoms idea, because, you know, remember you used to just have to buy a small, medium, large, right. Mm -hmm. And, and you couldn't mix and match the tops and bottoms. The, if I bought it to where the bottoms fit me, the top was always way too big for me because I have a butt. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, small breasts. And so anyway, I would lament over that when I was younger, but now I realize that that was the universe gifting me something for my future self because (laughs) my babies are so perky. (laughs) They are perky. And you look so great. I mean, honestly... I know how you feel, especially if you're up on stage like that. I feel like that when I'm doing a live video. So I get that. But I mean, you just look so great and your intermittent fasting has worked so well for you. I still love, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. But again, we talk about this a lot and I know that this causes some eye roll. Yes. I do look at myself in the mirror, but I honestly put a lot more emphasis on how I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the things I do, like when I cut meat out of my diet and intermittent fasting, which I do not go overboard on, but um, it just makes me feel better. It makes me feel better. It settled my hormones down, um, which was 
really the the goal of trying it and it worked. So uh, yeah, so I'm sticking with it and it just makes me feel better. And I think feeling better, that's just sort of radiates out, right? Yeah, that's my number one goal. And it has been for a long time because, you know, scales, they don't always tell the truth. Um, no. I feel like if you're just feeling really good in your body and you feel, even if you feel good and then somebody takes a picture of you, because this happened to me not too long ago, I'm like, fuck, I, I felt a lot, like I looked a lot better that day. <laughs> like, I didn't like that picture. It's like, you just have to keep going. It's like, how do you feel? And I'm, I can't let that stuff derail me anymore because I've been, I was so hung up on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same way. Same here. Well, um, so you and I emailed a little bit back and forth, uh, and we were going to have a theme. <laughs> We've just, we were going to have a topic we were going to riff on. Uh, but I think this kind of fits in. We were talking about maybe riffing on milestones mm-hmm. and as I was thinking about that, and you gave some examples, like first time you got your period, first kiss, <laughs> you know, what's interesting about me, and this is something to do with my personality is I can remember oftentimes like how I felt about something, but I am, I am historically horrible with any, if anything is uh, assigned a numerical value it's, it's gone out of my head. So like, for instance, dates, birth dates, anniversary dates. <laughs> Interesting. I, yes. Yes. Ages assigned to certain times that things happened. I cannot, those do not, my brain does not process those. Isn't that yeah. weird? Mm-hmm. So when I was thinking about that, I honestly cannot tell you when I started my period. And my daughter is really... Uh, you know, cause she's 10. So we've had this conversation. She's had one friend start her period already and she, she'll be 11 in November. Um, so this child was, uh, had obviously started her period very early, but she was like, mom, when did you start your period? I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. I have no idea. <laughs> I Do you think, remember where you were? I, yes, I think I was at church or it was like, yeah, I think I was at church. So I remember where I, where I was. I remember my conversations with my mom about it and the feminine products and all of that stuff. But I cannot tell you how old I was. I think I was 13, but I could have been 14. Oh, okay. I wasn't like a super, I didn't get my period super early. I think it was like right in the middle there. Um, but but what, what made me laugh to myself when I was thinking about that was, do you remember? So my mom, and I'm sure your mom, probably same generation, they did not use tampons. I mean, my mom was just like, no, you know that? No, those are weird. You don't use that. So of course <laughs> she was like, you use a Kotex, you know, <laughs> you use Kotex. But do you remember that they were like about three inches thick? <laughs> oh Yeah. And they had belts. Some of them had like a belt. Right. Well, my mom had the belt contraption. I mean, by the time it came around for me to start my period, they had the sticky tape at that point. (laughs) She had the belt in her her cabinet though, which I was horrified every time I saw the thing. I was like, no, what on earth? (laughs) 
That's right. It's just so funny to remember these things, but I, I get it. Like the dates, like the age. I was in sixth grade camp when I started my period. I was horrified. So that's why I remember. So I was probably 10. No, you weren't no? 10 in sixth grade. Mm-mm. How old am I in, t- in sixth grade? No, my daughter's 10 in fourth grade. So you were probably okay, was- 12, maybe? No, then it must, have been, it must have been fourth grade camp. And I've gotten that wrong all of these years. So let's talk about that. The okay. Day, I remember my dad was alive and my dad passed away when I was 11. So my dad was there. Okay. Was well, like, then. Yeah, he teased me about it a little bit. But um, yeah, see, that yeah, 10 is so early. Weird. 10, yeah. 11, that's early. Um, mm-hmm. Most, well, and I, I would only, only know this because I have a daughter who's 10. She'll be yeah. 11. you know, in November. So she's, like I said, one friend, you know, that she shares with, but still this particular little girl already has the beginnings of like, you know, breasts. So she's developing very early, Mm -hmm. but I think 11, 12, you know, or 12 or 13, probably 12. I don't know the numbers, honestly, but I bet it's 12 to 14 is average age to start your period. Is it? So I think so. I think so. So I think 10 is early. I wonder if that has something to do. I've heard this, that how you go through menopause, perimenopause. Uh Uh-huh. You start earlier. You're just fucked. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Like I had a horrible perimenopause. But if you're out there and you're thinking, how old was I? I mean, it it is fun just to go back and kind of reflect, but I get it because now I'm like, I'm restructuring my whole story. I thought it was sixth grade camp, but I had no idea how old I was. Sorry, so. I bested that I, one for you. That's all right. But <laughs> it was horrifying. And then it was like, get the sanitary napkins. And right. then I remember having to call my mom. And then by the time I got home, I said, it stopped. And she's like, no, honey, it goes, it just comes and goes every 28 days. I'm like, <laughs> she's like, no, it doesn't go on forever. I mean, it, you know, it's like, Oh, I didn't start because it, it stopped. That's what I had thought. I just remember thinking that. And then I was like, oh God, this is horrible. Oh, horrible. I know. And I those know. big old pads. Yeah. Those three inch thick pads. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. And you were always sure that everyone knew. Everyone could see that thing hanging out of your butt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. I have tears coming out of my eyes. How could you not? Those things were so bulky. Oh, they were awful. Oh my God. So now had you had your first kiss by the time you had your period? No, I'm totally, I'm confused. I think my first kiss, I know it's like, what came first, your period or your first kiss? My first kiss, I want to say it was in fifth grade. I know the boy. He's my Facebook friend. I mean, I know the boy who it was with. He was a total fox. Oh and, yeah. Um, but he used to tease me with him and his friend saying that I liked girls because I wouldn't kiss him. So he like pretty much bullied me in to kissing him. And I did. And I remember thinking, oh God, because he like shoved his tongue in there, you know, and I thought, that oh. is horrible. There's but your me too story right there. Good grief. No. <laughs> Total bullying. I think about that a lot because I see him on Facebook and we're friends, of course. I I was always friends with all my old boyfriends except a couple, but it was just funny to think about that. It's like, meet me by the auditorium after school and we're going to kiss. It was like a dare. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I did not have that. See, I'm a late bloomer all around. I always have always called myself a late bloomer and it's true. Uh, I did not have my first kiss until I was a teenager and the guy that I kissed, I was really like super hot for. Um, and, uh, we're on Facebook. We are also Facebook friends, although he's not often on Facebook. Um, <laughs> he's still, he's still very hot. <laughs> so. so is mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but you know, I, uh, it's not like I was saving a kiss or anything, you know, they're just the opportunity just did not present, present itself, um, until it did with this, uh, particular boy. And, um, but I was really, I was, I was angling for it because I was hot for him before, you know, before we kissed. So. Oh my goodness. So that's a good memory. Oh yeah. It's a really good memory. <laughs> oh my God. You're going back right now. Are you going to go to his Facebook page? <laughs> I think I check him out later on today. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lovely memory. Oh yeah. And we, I mean, we continued on. Uh, it's more to go into right now. Uh, it kind of fucked me up actually, because I was really like in kind of in love with him, you know, like first love stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like he was the star of my diary (laughs) for several years. (laughs) Let's just say, uh, he and I spent a lot of time together. We were good friends. Um, we were friends with benefits. We didn't have sex, but we did a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he also had other girlfriends. So yeah, mm. he really messed me up. <laughs> oh, and how old were you? Do you know? Uh, 15, probably okay. when that started. Or 14 or 15 when that all started. I was probably a freshman in high school. And we, yeah, we were kind of on and off all through high school, really, until my senior year. And then I started, I finally just was like, this, I'm, this is, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> and I dated, yeah, started dating somebody else when I was a senior oh. in high school. And that was really short lived until I went to college. And then all bets were off after that. Okay. Do you still yeah. have that diary? I do. Mm. I do. I do. Uh, yeah, it is not very interesting. Um, it's either about every entry is either about my weight (laughs) or it is about that boy. Oh my gosh. What were you saying about your weight back then? Always like always, uh, lamenting over my weight. Yeah. Total body dysmorphia, body image stuff when I was a kid. Um, yeah, a teenager. My, uh, I was, if you looked at pictures of me when I was a teenager, you would not say that I was overweight at all mm-hmm. or whatever. I had a normal body, but yeah, I constantly compared myself to the size zero girls and I, it consumed me. I really want, I wish I could have that time back, you know, <laughs> that time and energy back that I spent uh, as a teenager 
um, hating my body. Mm. You know, we learned that at such a young age, right? And you know, bless my mom's heart, uh, she didn't help. You know, she she never criticized my size. As a matter of fact, she always told me how perfect um, I was. She she never ever criticized my size at all. Um, but you know, we we do what our our parents do, not what they say, right? Mm-hmm. So she was constantly dieting. She she did every single diet, celery diet, grapefruit diet, uh, uh, Weight Watchers. The three-day diet? Them, three-day diet. I mean, every single diet that came across the, you know, uh, uh, what was a, a women's magazine. Whatever women's magazine touted the next diet, she mm-hmm. was doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we do, we do what our parents do. Not, Definitely. Not what they tell us. Oh my gosh. It's so sad to think of all those years that I think that's why now I've let it, I've, I have to let it go, but it still creeps up. But you know, the younger generation now with social media, what they're seeing out there, how mm-hmm. much worse is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's so important for us to do it differently and not hate our bodies um, so that our kids won't hate their bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't hate my body anymore. And I certainly, if it, if the thought even enters my head now, I do not give voice to it. And especially in front of my daughter, because (sighs) I do not want her to hate her body because she sees me hating on mine. Mm. So important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for you. That's good. Hey, Unruffled listeners. Just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced almost two years' worth of content and have over half a million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing and appreciate our weekly consistency, you can be a patron of this show for as little as a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. Yeah. So what, so, so what else, you know, I, I mean, we could talk about what you're doing now because you have hit a new milestone. What's that? <laughs> Your son, empty nest. Oh, you want me to start crying? I know. Uh, no, yes, yeah. But it's coming for me. It's coming. I'm two yeah. years away. Yeah, he's going to be leaving the end of September. He's going, he's just going to be about two and a half hours away from us up uh, UC, UC Santa Barbara. And so, uh, you know, super proud. I'm in denial. I, I really am. I, I'm not denial so much as I'm just not thinking about it. Maybe I'm blocked. I'm blocked because I, yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. I'm going to be, I'm already planning to record a bunch of podcasts. So I'm done, you know, by the time I don't want to be recording after that um, for October, especially because I just feel it. I feel it. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. The three of us, my husband and son and I are so close. Yeah. We spend so much time together and, um, I, we can't imagine it. It's going to yeah. be so hard for all of us, you know? So 
but he is close by and we're so freaking proud of him. He worked so hard for that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I will record a bunch of podcasts about it after the fact and, and see, but yeah, I, I guess we all process those. Yeah. Those yeah. feelings. Yeah. I mean, I'm already, I, I've already decided it's going to be like ripping a limb off. I think. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I really do. And, you know, and maybe it'll be easier with the second kid, but I tell you, my son and I are just really, we're kind of cut from the same mold, you know, it was almost like God made a mold and, and just split it in half. (laughs) And I know that almost sounds a little, um, unhealthy to say about your kid. I don't know. Maybe not. I love it. Very close. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm so even last night. So my son will like what he'll be watching a YouTube video in his room and just like the cracking up laughing laughter will just pour out of his room he's just howling by himself. And I just looked at Mark last, even just last night and said, I'm going to miss this when he moves out. <laughs> Two years away. <laughs> 10 years away? Two years away. Two years away. That's what I thought. I'm like 10 years, two years. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? I interviewed um, a gal, her name is Melissa and I'm, I'm slipping up on her last name, but she wrote a book about it. And she said, you know, we all just have to prepare ourselves. We have to have something else for ourselves, which you and I both do. You're out there listening and you're in the same boat, you know, find something that you have for yourself. That's going to bring you joy. I have it, but I'm still feeling like that depths of that dark and sad time that I know I'm going to experience. Um, but like she gave some really good tips on how to just, you know, get prepared, but also to prepare them Yeah, I'm leaving. And I've heard a couple of friends of mine has said, you know, is, is he acting out? Cause our kids kind of acted out towards the end, like when they're getting ready to leave because they're scared and they're nervous and mm. thought, well, you know, he's moody as fuck sometimes, but I mean, no, he's not acting out like that. We've been really like bonding cause he's home with me, you know, most of the time. Um, but I could see it. I could see a little tension. I could see when he's thinking of things, you know, it's like, you know, you're talking about it and then he kind of goes into this like deep thought and like, Mm -hmm. who's going to, you know, he's very close to our dog, Beatrice. I mean, he's going to be super sad. You know, we're taking B with us so she could see him leave. That's how sad it's going to be for her too. They're very tight. So Mm -hmm. it's like the the whole dynamic seems unreal to me. Right. I know. Now, did you go away to college? Did you move out right out of high school? No, (laughs) no, I didn't move out till I, I don't, I didn't move out till I was 21. I stayed, Mm. I stayed. Yeah. 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 See, not me. I mean, I did it to my mom. Mm -hmm. I moved out. uh, Gosh, I wasn't even 18 yet when I moved out. I was 17 because I, my birthday's in June and you know, there was no holding back kids back then. <laughs> I, so I had a, I had a late birthday. Um, and you know, so that summer I turned 18, I guess that's the summer before I, I left, but I was freshly 18 
and um, moved away to college. And yeah, I was three hours away. So it wasn't like a huge move, but, but I was ready though, too. I, I had had a job since I was, um, well, gosh, I had been working for a long time, but really I had had like a job job that I would drive my own car to since I was 16. I mean, I was pretty independent. Mm-hmm. We were latchkey kids. So my brother was younger than me and I, you know, t- would make sure we were taken care of for hours before any a parent would even get home in the, in the evenings. And so I don't know, I was pretty responsible. I was totally ready, but you know, I'm sure my mom, I know she went through the same thing. I mean, my mom and I are close. So yeah, it's just, everybody's going to sick. I was not actually. (laughs) (laughs) You were just like ready to go. I really wasn't. I wasn't. Um, No, no, I was. I was ready to fly. Um, But I think it's going to be a bit different with my son. I really do because he is kind of a homebody. Um, He doesn't have a big social life or a ton of friends. So he doesn't even have a whole lot of experience so far to being kind of out in the world. So I don't know. I mean, he could prove in two years, things could totally change and could completely prove me wrong. And he has intentions, you know, he has big, big plans when he graduates from high school. So I don't know. We'll see. Is he driving yet? No, he's not. Okay. Mm -mm. No, he'll be 16 at the end of July. Tammy and I were just talking about this other day because our boys are the same age, but um, he'll be 16 at the end of July, but no, he's not. He says he wants to drive, but so far um, he hasn't, you know, really put the effort. I'm not expecting him to totally set up his driving school and all that stuff on his own. He's a little bit challenged in that department. He's not mm-hmm. super you know, cognitively organized to put all that together. He, he's on the spectrum. Um, very highly functioning though, but he, uh, he still has not, I mean, he says he wants to drive, but then yet he's like, okay, mom, let, let's do this. Let's get, let's, let's sit down in front of the computer together and let's, you know, find a driving school. You know, he hasn't done that yet. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm just like, you know, oh, well, if he's, if he's not ready to drive yet, it's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Fine with me. Uh, driving scary. Does your son oh. drive? Oh yeah. He was the one that set everything up. He was mm-hmm. like ready to go. Um, and that was another milestone. Yeah. I mean, I still have him, you know, we have that live 360 app and like last night he went out with his friends. I'm like, make sure your app is on. Cause he'll turn it off. And, um, it wasn't on. And I'm just like, I didn't know where he was because with that, you could see where he is. It's like a tracking kind of device. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How fast he's going. You know, it's like I'd stare at it when he's gone, you know. Um, And so that helped a lot. But, oh, gosh, I was a nervous wreck when he took swimming lessons for the first time. I thought he was going to drown. I mean, you know, it's just, it's that. It is those big steps that they're taking. And then we just sit back and think, where did this time go? It went way too fast. He cannot be driving a heavy machine. Right. <laughs> like, what the hell? How are you supposed to be okay with that? Right. It is Weird. It's just like you've like done a done, yeah, snapped your fingers almost. It 
I mean, yeah. and, and everybody says that. And when you're in the middle of it, it's like the days are long. You know, when there were toddlers, it's like, whoa, 24 hours lasted 24 years. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, how quickly. Oh my gosh, how quickly. And then for us to be able to do this sober, I mean. I know. I don't yeah. know about you, but. It's tough. You got to really, feeling. you got to. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be really just set and you have to have that plan, I think in place because yeah, I'm coming up on six years of sobriety. And for some reason this year has been a little bit like, not that I would drink, but I'm really thinking about it a lot. Not, the, uh-huh. not the drinking, but like I'm thinking about, especially in the summertime, it, it's always been like that for me. It's kind of triggering, but I'm just thinking about the taste mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. And my partner, Courtney, had talked about that. She's going on seven years sober in August and I'll be six. And she said that for some reason, year six was like weird. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And I, I don't know why, but I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, that is definitely something I would be drinking over to numb yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. The pain and it, you know, it is just that deep pain of just the, the loss of him being gone and wondering what he's doing. And like, I'm super worried. Like this morning he was leaving for the gym. I'm like, did you brush your teeth? Oh no. Like, fuck, who goes out of the house without brushing their teeth? But good Lord, he's 18. I got to remind him of this stuff. Like, what am I going to do when he's gone? I'm worried that he's going to be He's going to go out without brushing his teeth. Yeah. And, you know, in the first time, the first time he gets really in a close conversation (laughs) with, you know, someone he's interested in, he's going to be reminded why he should not leave the house without brushing his teeth. (laughs) That's what it's going to take. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, honestly, but I'm just thinking about stuff like that. And like, since we're going to Skype or FaceTime every single day, twice a day, it's like maybe once a week, maybe once a week. That's it. Like, you know, I mean, he's a funny kid. He's like me. We are, we are so much alike. All three of us are so much alike. It's so funny. But I'm like, I have to see your face every single day. What am I going to do? <laughs> honestly. Oh now God, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> now, is he going to live in a dorm or is he yeah. living in, okay, so a dorm. You know, that's a great place to to be. That's a great first place to land, I think, because you're, yeah. you're with other, you know, kids your age. Um, everybody's figuring it out, you know, laundry, how do we feed ourselves, you know, everybody's, everybody's figuring it out together. And, you know, the, the bonds that I made that first year, I'm still friends with those girls. Yeah. In fact, my very best friend, you know, I met her across the hall from me in my, in my dorm, my freshman year. And she's, she's my very best friend to this day. Um, so it's a really special time. Yeah, he it is, and that's really cool. I love old friends; they're just the best. And I feel like his what his one of his best friends is going to the same college. They're going to be there, um, so I feel really good about that. He knows a couple other kids from high school that are going there, and so yeah, he's getting ready to meet his roommate. They'll send him the information soon. And the UC schools start at the end of September, so we have more time with him. We're taking a big cruise at the end of August um, nice. Where together. Are you we're going to, <laughs> I had no involvement in planning this trip. Uh, St. Martin, we're going to, I had to get a passport. That was okay. a milestone. I've yeah. never 
I've only traveled like to Mexico and back when you didn't need a passport to travel. When you didn't need one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had to get a passport at 51. And so we're doing that. And it's going to be like, we're going to be gone for like 11 days. That's huge. I'm going to Florida. So we're sailing out of Florida. I've never been there. How exciting. Yeah. I'm kind of blocking that too. I don't know why. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, we are taking that cruise. It's kind of like that last hurrah. So I feel like when we get back from that, it's going to be September 8th. It's like, that's what I'm dreading. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think well, that's right. That'll be a really special time for you guys. And, you know, um, I'm so glad that he's going to be there with you and you can kind of focus on him because cruises are kind of drinky. I don't know if you know this. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been on several <laughs> cruises when I was drinking. That's my girlfriends and I would travel to Mexico all the time. We take those seven-day cruises. Oh, my God. We had so much fun in our 20s. Yeah. They're, they're pretty drinky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spence is like, he's a homebody too. Like he went out to dinner with his friends last night, but they're, they're very clean cut. I mean, they're clean cut. They come over here, you know, there's not, it's not going on for him like it was for me in high school. You know, kids are different. The, the, uh, this generation is different. They look at alcohol differently than we did. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Thank God. They- they really are. They're stepping up. And that's why I think it's so important for us at this age. And, you know, just to be talking about it, I really feel very strongly about, you know, National Sober Day for the younger generation to bring that awareness and, you know, know that it's okay not to drink. Right. And, you know, going back to the concept of, you know, do what I do, yeah. what I say, not what I do, you know, or vice versa. We are showing our kids uh, how to have fun without alcohol Mm -hmm. and how to cope with pain without alcohol Mm -hmm. and how to, you know, get through boredom without alcohol. Um, We're not just telling them, we're showing them. Isn't that such a blessing? Aren't you so grateful for that when you think about the fact that you got sober? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I know that my kids are probably going to try alcohol. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not naive, but uh, they know everything about alcohol going mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. They are very informed and they will make very informed decisions. They can't not. I know. Yeah. Thank God for that. They have a head, they're he- they have a head full of information. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't worry about that too much, but I would be naive too if I didn't think about that when he's gone. But I always ask him to be open and honest because, you know, Spence knows everything. I tell him everything. He, you know, I don't hold back with that kind of stuff. So, um, God, yeah, you know, we're just going to hope for the best. And then, you know, he's going to be home (laughs) in November. I mean, you know, I have things to look forward to. I have to make sure I remember that, you know? Right. Right. Now is Spence, do you think he's going to be a fraternity kind of kid or he's a solo kind of kid? Yeah. He says no, Mm -hmm. but, but I don't know, you know, I've seen a lot of, yeah, I saw a lot of my friends change their mind. They would come in. Like I was not a uh, sorority kind of girl, but you know, I had lots of friends that were, you know, that would, that came in or like at really adamant that they were not a Greek joining. They're not a joiner. 
Yeah. But, and then they ended up doing it and loved it. And, you know, and I had my own opinion about the, the fraternities and sororities, but then there was a fraternity on campus that I ended up falling in love with all of those guys and um, hung out with them quite a bit. So anyway, yeah, it's funny how we come in with our prejudgments, but yeah, yeah you never fun. know. That's, that's it. And I'm letting him make that decision because I want him to have a ton of friends and to be happy and really enjoy that experience. Cause that's, you know, it's an experience of a lifetime to go to that school. His dorm is right on the ocean. It's beautiful. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, he's going to be living the life. Santa Barbara is yeah. one of my favorite Kidding. cities and I'm kind of jealous. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you yeah. know what? You're jealous, but it's a good thing. Like you're not, you have Lori Massicott has a lot of shit going on. So it's not like you're going to be living just vicariously through your kid. You're going to really just uh, share in the joy of all of these experiences with him. And you're not going to be um, on the couch with your bonbons in front of, you know, daytime television. No. Nope. Your eyeballs out living for the moments that he calls or texts you. I, I you know, I, I, I just, I know this about you, Lori. Yeah. No, I'll be fine. Yeah. And thank goodness I, I do. I have so much going on that makes me so happy. And that's yes. the key. And for anybody yes. listening who feels like, you know, I was the couch drinker. I drank on the couch for the last maybe t decade of my drinking career. And the couch drinking and just numbing out like that, it gets that, that sadness and that depression uh, is so hard to overcome, but you can do it. You can yeah. do it. Get something else for yourself that lights you up. And that's like my biggest message because I don't want any woman feeling like this when their right. kids leave the house. Exactly. And yeah, I think about something that Augustine Burroughs said, you know, you, and I think I it was even saying it, not that I co-opted <laughs> on his quote, but I had the same real came to the same realization too, is that you have to find something that you love more than you like than you love drinking. Yes, <laughs> that simple. You you it's well, it's it's simple. Sometimes not easy, but uh, you do. You have to find something that you love more than you loved drinking. Um, even That's if true. you had a miserable relationship with alcohol. It was still the thing that you use to fill the voids and you have to find something that fills you up. Definitely. I mean, honestly, and I know that if you're where I was, especially, you know, back then I thought, well, this is it for me. My life is going to suck. It's going to be boring. Uh, there's, you know, cause alcohol, it just, everything I did revolved around it. And so that is, that is the trick. It is almost like a trick. It's not easy, but it is that simple to create something else for yourself. And when I quit drinking, I went to the gym because I had been sedentary for so long. I just went and I turned to exercise. Mm -hmm. Find something else. There is so much out there, but you have to just open yourself up and be ready for the possibilities and the opportunities and start focusing on that instead of the drink. That's right. That's right. And then you'll find one day that you can't, there's not even enough time to do all the things you want to do. <laughs> I know. I know. You just get that dream list going. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to get to this. I can't, I can't waste any more time. No more time to waste. <laughs>
<laughs> Clocks are ticking. <laughs> I mean, really, can you believe it's July? No, I cannot. <laughs> it's crazy to me. It's crazy. And that's why I feel like, too, that September date is coming so fast. Like, what the hell? It was just Christmas. I know. I can't believe it. Well, you know, Lori, so I turned 50 yes. a couple of weeks ago, and I'm so happy to be in the club now, but I have to tell you that I, on the, on the day of my birthday, and I may have already talked about this on the podcast, I can't remember, but I did write a, a blog post about it, um, but the day of my birthday, I experienced a little melancholy. I'll be honest. I... Um, and that's not an emotion I am, uh, I normally visit. <laughs> so it kind of caught me off guard actually, but I did feel a little melancholy, just that whole feeling of impermanence, you know, like, uh, we're all going to die someday <laughs> and I'm about halfway there. <laughs> um, it didn't last for very long. Uh, but I let myself experience it. You know, I didn't like shove it under the rug. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, okay. We are going to, I am going to die. Um, time is slipping. Time is so slippery. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, I let myself feel it for a little bit. And then by the end of the day, but, it, you know, I got back into gratitude. But I'm so grateful to be here. And I was so thankful for all my beautiful birthday wishes. They just kept coming in from Facebook and texts and my phone was blowing up and it was all just so joyous. And, and, you know, I went to Portland that week and it was a great, it was a great week and it was a fantastic birthday, but I did, I did feel a little melancholy. So that just, milestone. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so anyway, if you are approaching a milestone birthday, don't be surprised if you also feel a little melancholy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but then it also reinforced that feeling too. Yeah. Time's a ticking. Yeah. I felt the same. I really did. And I remember we took that big New York trip for my 50th and I remember feeling a little melancholy there. Like, Oh gosh, this is like, cause we're there for my 50th. And I just mm-hmm. can't, can't wrap my head around that. Like how the heck did I turn 50? I just, you know, I just like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. But I do think, and what you had said in the beginning about regret, I do think about that end of the life. And like Mm -hmm. now we got a lot of living to do. We got to make up for stuff that, you know, I feel like I wasted a lot of time drinking, um, a lot of time stressing and worrying over every little thing. And now it's like, let's make up for it because it is going so fast. But you become very aware of, you know, people around you that same age that are leaving this earth you know, and going through all these things, like we all say it, life is short, right? Not promised tomorrow, but how much do you actually, what action are you taking around that? I feel like that's, that's the most important thing. Stop saying it and start doing things. Right, right. Because there are things we can do to, mm-hmm. you know, fulfill our, it doesn't have to be as important as your purpose, but just to give your life some meaning. Um, what are those things you can do? to make your actions meaningful? What are those things you can do to make yourself feel better, uh, feel healthier, stronger, Mm -hmm. all of that? Yeah. You got to commit to something. You got to just make, it's the small daily actions. And most of them, 
you could get done within the first hour of your day. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wow, I feel so much better today because I got up and I drank my water first thing and I took my cold shower and I exercised a little bit. I wrote in my journal, all of these things like start focusing on you and write in that journal, all of your big dreams and what can you do today to move yourself a little bit closer? It's like that simple. Right, right. State them. Yes. State, state those things you want. I call it my name at journal. I know, I've had I love it for that. a couple of years and yeah, say those things you want. And, uh, you know, some of them six months from now, you might look back and go, Oh, that was cute. I don't want that anymore. It's okay. It's okay. You said it, you got it out of your, out of your head. You validated your dreams and goals by writing them down. There's something magical about writing them down. Yeah. And do you feel like even though I'm big on commitment and making goals and stuff, but I'm also one to, um, you know, once you evolve, once you reach a goal or once you're in a goal and you think, I, I don't want that anymore. Like you committed to something. Do you feel like you're okay with letting that go? Or oh, do you absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, I love that. Absolutely. I am. I'm all about the pivot, you know, and, and some things serve their purpose too, right? Mm-hmm. Or some things I simply just change my mind about, you know, it, 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 that worked for me for a while, but now I'm ready to move on there's something else. There's something else burning inside of me. So yeah, but I'm a big dreamer though. You know, I think you and I are probably alike in that respect. I'm a big dreamer. I have lots of dreams. Some of them, you know, I may not get to, but, uh, I like to just give them a bit of life and it's not about manifesting woo woo stuff either. It's just about giving them some life by putting them down on paper and again, some of those things I'll look back and go, you know what? That's actually not for me. I think the one of the beautiful things of getting sober, and Tammy and I talk about this, is that you get the gift of discernment. I think that comes with age too. Mm-hmm. But the gift of discernment, where instead of looking at something judgmentally and saying, you know, oh, that's not for me uh, without even trying it on or because you think you're not worthy of it or, um, and all of those things that comes with that, but to have a discerning, uh, put a discerning lens on something and go, you know what? I actually would rather use my energy for something else. Mm -hmm. I'll let somebody else have that, that thing, but I'm Mm going to use my energy towards this, which brings me, let's talk about what you are offering because, and this is why I wanted to segue to this. There is a, there is a method to this madness here because Lori, you seem like if I were just to skim over your offerings, you, you, you will, you have no problem like offering putting up an offering for a while and then like moving on to something else. Mm -hmm. I've learned that. Yeah. You have to, because it's what I'm running as a business. It's not, it's not just one thing. You know what I mean? I could do, I could do different things. And so that's why I do a monthly group. I always Uh do a group and I have so much fun creating those. That's where my creative outlet comes from. Like I just, I put so much energy into those. Um, I had a summer offering the metamorphosis and that's with my one-on-one clients. So that 
I had one spot left, but I went ahead and closed that out because, you know, I don't want to overwhelm myself. Um, and that's I, a one-on-one coaching for sobriety or for, is it a health? Actually, you know, that the, the metamorphosis was for sober curious. So it was for taking that break, you know, taking a step back, reevaluating where you are, because so many of us, you know, women, we've been, like I said, drinking for so long, or maybe you've just kind of picked it up and you just don't know, you don't know where you are with it anymore without putting a label on it. Right. That was for that. But really right now, my clients, um, I have one client I'm super proud of. I've been working for her for a year with a, for a year and she just, um, reached uh, one year sober. She's going to be one year sober tomorrow. Oh, um, congratulations to you. I hope you're listening to this. It, it, That's I know. Amazing. I hope she is too. It's so amazing. And then I have another gal I started working with because she wants to just push past, like holding herself back. She wants to start a business. Um, but the, the most, most of my clients, are women who want to quit drinking and they want to make it stick, but there's also, they want more confidence. You know, it's, it's really what they want. It's like, I always say, it's like not the goal to just quit drinking. The goal is to be happier and healthier and more fulfilled and have something else. Uh, But you can't, you can't do it if you're holding yourself back with the drink. Right. That's the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can, that opens you up. That gives you some that opens the door and it really does. Right. It really does. It's so scary though. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. No, I it wasn't, but it just was, yeah. it, it just is. And the, I shared a quote in my 250 and beyond group the other day, the only way out is through. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, the roads bumpy in the beginning for sure. Yes. Um, but the payoff is it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And how is your offering going? The change uh, It is. I'm having so much fun. I can hardly stand it. You know, it was like one of those things where I, I kind of kicked myself a little bit. Like, why? Why did I wait so long to do this? But you know what? It just now's the time. It wasn't mm-hmm. right before. Mm-hmm. But you learn so much from other women when you're doing that kind of coaching, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I feel like with every um woman that I've worked with, I they're teaching me things and I'm sort of gathering all of this knowledge that that I don't know quite yet what I'm going to do with it all. Um, but it could be a, you know, like an evergreen kind of program or something, mm-hmm. um, that I put, that I put together that would be more self-paced and, and, um, so yeah, I'm not really sure what the future holds right now. I just feel like I'm also in the information gathering stage as I'm working with these women, but it's been phenomenal what, these women have put together in a, you know, a four week block, uh, time period. And it's just because we are like, we're like hitting it, you know, it's like, this is your goal. This is what you want to produce. Okay. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna touch on all of these old stories that we carry with us. We're going to talk about these fears and these points of overwhelm, but we're also going to get some movement on this thing that you want to produce. And we have, I mean, it's been really fun. 
It is the funnest. And that, that intimate relationship that you have and they, these women, they teach you so much. And I'm in that same boat too. I just like, I, the notes and all the ideas that I get from my clients. Uh-huh. I, a lot of podcast topics come out of it. Right, I mean, right. It's like you're constantly learning from each other. I love it. I think that coaching is one of the greatest gifts that we all have right now. And to be able to work with people virtually and to yeah. get to know them that way, it's, it's, it's so cool. Like you can't right. just doing anything. Yeah, to see their results in real time. I think that that's, you know, why I was hesitant about doing a, either a group or like a, you know, a self-paced program is because like, I want to see if what I'm doing is effective and I can't see it unless I see it in real time. So this has just been so fun. I don't know how long I'll do it. We'll see. I'm like you, I'm, I'm a pivoter too. So mm -hmm. we'll see how long I do it, but right now I'm loving it so much. And so what else, Lori, what else do you have going on besides metamorphosis? Uh, that has closed out. Let's see. So if this comes out on July 8th, I'm starting my July program. Uh, I will leave it up if anybody wants to join. It's a challenge that I'm doing, um, for 30 days in July and it's called healthy, happy you 30. And it's really just built around a foundation of, um, journaling exercise, no alcohol. And I'm adding in intermittent fasting because that's so easy to do. Um, and sticking with it for 30 days. It's that commitment. You know, we get excited in the beginning and then we start to fall off. It's like, let's right. all just hold hands together. There's um, Zoom calls every week. Um, I'm doing 30 days of uh, boost audio that I'm going to be in your ear for 30 days. So you can always join that. And then my partner, Courtney, and I are releasing our third session of the Sober Sessions, which is our six-week school that we've been doing. Um, we've had Oh my gosh, so many amazing women join that um, in our first two sessions and we guide you through what to expect in the first year. And it's just basic, no BS uh, conversations. We get on live um, on our Zoom once a week and we you know, do videos and um, audio trainings and we talk about all of it. You know, those that old is stories. so great. That is, I, I can imagine that that is so helpful. I remember... The first time I had experienced PMS and sobriety, I, w I called my sober girlfriend. I was like, what the fuck is happening to me? Oh my God. Why didn't anybody warn me about this? I feel like running through the streets naked and pulling my hair out. I mean, I was like, I felt crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And it you was didn't just, have your comfort in yeah, a bottle. I didn't have my numbing solution <laughs> for BMS. I mean, my husband was like, uh, can you please go find a cave to hide in? No, he didn't. He would never say that. But seriously, he was like, you need a timeout. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all those things that we don't expect, especially if you're really heavy drinking for a really long time and you stop. It's like, what? what is to you? I would love 
somebody, I would have loved somebody to tell me what that first year was going to look like. Right. Yeah. Remember that book that everybody, I did not read that goddamn book, but you know, I can't tell you how many people tried to give it to me, what to expect when you're expecting that first year. I was like, fuck you. I didn't read that book. Um, I am such a rebel, but I, but that's what it does. I, I can imagine that that's what this is like. And I actually would have liked to have known what to expect when you are, you know, going through your first year of sobriety, because it is, there are some things that are kind of crazy making like the sugar thing. And, yep. We're talking you know, about that. Yeah. 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 It's like, what is going on with me? Because biologically, physiologically, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, that starts July 22nd and we're that's adding funny. a little bit more to that, but it's not overwhelming. It's just, uh, it's very doable. And we have a maintenance plan to where every time we release the sessions, we keep every member in at no additional cost. So the first, the gals that are in the first session, they go through it each time and so on. So we're not recharging. We're not doing anything like that because we want women to stay with this. It's like very important to us for them to stick with it. And we're just developing this little family over there. We love it. That's great. That's such a great service. Okay. So Lori, where can um, our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me, you know what I'm going to direct you to my Facebook group. I really like hanging out there now. It's my 250 and beyond on Facebook. And it is what kind of group? Is it secret? Is it closed? It's closed. It's, it's closed. closed. So you yeah. can Google search or you can uh, search, search it in the search bar. Yeah. And then uh, my website, lauriemassacott.com. My podcast is on there. Uh, and then on Instagram, I'm the same everywhere, except Facebook is 250 and beyond. So 250 and beyond. The group. Awesome. Well, okay. To close out our show, Lori, we're going to do our same old thing that we always do on the Unruffled podcast. And I'm going to have you share three items from your Unruffled toolbox. I hope I'm not surprising you with this. I can't remember if I reminded you that we were going to do this, but, um, <laughs> three things from your unruffled toolbox that either keep you sane and upright. Um, they could be creativity related. They could be sobriety related. Um, what you yes, got? you did tell me, you did remind me of this. Okay, and the yeah. first three things I always go with what comes to mind, top of mind, my journal, yeah. of course, I really enjoy writing now. Um, Sometimes I just will open up a Google Doc and just like spill it all out and then I'll print it and put it inside my journal. Oh, that's good. Because it's easier to type. Yeah. Now, do you go I, back and delete the journal, the Google Doc or do you no. leave it? Okay. No. Just curious. Um, yeah. No, it's it's open. I started journaling in 2013. And so that has been, that's what led me to quit drinking. Uh, one of the things, but I really wrote it out in there like what's happening. Uh, so journaling and then always music, but especially lately, music has just been very strong in my life. It helps me to calm down mm -hmm. and to get happy instantly. Like it's just the biggest boost. You're right. It is a happy maker. Mm -hmm. You like 80s music like me, right? Oh yeah. I love it all. But I, you know, I, I dance every day. I sing every day. You know, I'm just like, that's what makes me happy and what really centers me and gives me energy. Cause if I feel fatigued in the afternoon, my tired time, it's like, okay, I got to either set and relax. And if I can't do that, I turn on music and I just pump it up. 
<laughs> and, then, and then my, um, my cold shower in the morning, I'm working my way up to, you know, I would like to be in there for a solid five minutes and it's easier in the summer. Uh-huh. I started doing this like last fall, I want to say consistently. Uh-huh. Um, but it's that cold shower that really, it's so good for you anyway, for your, for health benefits. It's right. Like, there are the I know, benefits. So is I, that why you do it? I would, that's what I was going to get. Yeah. Yeah, 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 health, health benefits, benefits definitely. I mean, I'm still like, you know, get my blood pumping, you know, wake up in the morning because I have to, even though I exercise in the mornings, I have to shower first. That's what wakes me up. So um, cold shower. And I know that you love swimming in the cold. Do I you do, do cold showers? I do. Well, so I do a regular shower, hot shower, mm-hmm. uh, but then I switch it to cold before I get out. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's a minute. Sometimes it's, you know, five minutes, uh, but that's five minutes is a lot. I think when Tammy and I spoke about this last time, I said 10 minutes. That's a lie. I don't, I'm not in there for 10 minutes. That's stupid. It's, that would be too, a waste of water too. I see again, numbers, me and numbers. I'm just like, Oh, 10 minutes. No, not 10 minutes. More like three. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like you are over exaggerating. You just don't know. I just don't know. My brain just no concept. Like, nope. Nope. None. Um, isn't that funny? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure everybody's thinking, oh, bless her heart. How does she serve life? I don't. I don't. People hate me because I never remember birthdays. Thank God for Facebook and the birthday freaking reminders is all I have to say. I Where know, it is my very handy. life. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I do. I do the cold shower thing. First of all, it does feel, it's very invigorating, but, um, but yes, it does. It's, uh, somebody told, said one time it's, um, like it's, uh, a loofah to your lymphatic system. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many, um, there's so many benefits to it, uh, with the, what is the brown fat? You know, there's white fat and then there's brown fat. I don't know, but brown fat, I don't (laughs) Neither of them sound good, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> brown fat is good when it's activated. Uh-huh. Um, or, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try to say what that is. <laughs> Google it, people. Google it. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, to me, and I know this isn't what it is, but it's like the stuff that's been around since the '80s. Like you just want it out of your body finally, right? Like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get like it. that. Um, fried chicken I used to eat when I was, yeah. in, you know, 12, like, right. You still yeah. carrying that around. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Thank God things regenerate. Well, Lori, I can't believe that we got through this whole episode without talking about poop. So Tammy, <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> Darn it. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. You know what? Can I refer them to our last podcast episode yes, on my episode, on my podcast? Is we do talk about poop there. And it's we a do good talk one. about poop. Yeah. So if you want to go here, me and Lori talk about poop for longer than five minutes, maybe. I think it was a while we talked about poop. Tammy doesn't like talking about poop at all, or has she uh-uh. warmed up to it? She has not totally warmed up to poop yet. Okay. Mm. All right. <laughs> All right, Lori. Well, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I love you so much, Sandra and Tammy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so honored. This is super cool. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, thanks.
Unruffled podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.